Welcome to Visibility by Design podcast with your host, Juliet Stapleton. In this show, I want to help you combine your marketing strategies and your human design potential so you can show up, stand out, and attract your perfect clients with confidence and ease. Are you ready? Enjoy the show. Welcome to Visibility by Design with your host, Juliet Stapleton. And today I have an awesome, magical guest. I want to introduce you to Shana Woods. Shana, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Shana, you are a human design strategist, business mentor, honey creatrix. <laughs> I'd love to ask you later on in the show a little bit about your honey because it's very interesting. Um, and I, we are here because we connected through social media, which is, I think, is the best way to find each other and, and connect. And we kind of checked out each other's content. And I, when I checked your content, there was this video that completely lit me up when I started watching it. Because you were talking about your um, centers, uh, your undefined centers in your human design chart and how you needed someone with defined centered for, I think it was making a decision, certain decision. And I just thought, yes, this is a great topic. Human design can be so confusing. And it's really good to talk about these practical things and, and, you know, let you guys um, give you some tips how you can approach your chart and how you can make the best of it. Uh, Shana, my first question is, what is your relationships to human design? How did this happen? <laughs> That's a fun story. A couple years ago, I had a client who did human design with her clients. And she was like, well, if you're going to be my accountant, I'd love to know your human design. Let me give you a reading right? And she wasn't the reader. She hired that part out. And I got this reading and I was enraged. I was so angry with what I had been told. Like I rejected it completely. Um, I don't like the language. Like, so I'm a two, four manifester, uh, the hermit opportunist, right? That word opportunist triggers me. <laughs> it makes me think of like, the greedy, manipulative used car salesman. That's right. right. And that is not me. Um, I was told, uh, because as a manifester, I don't have a defined sacral. I was told, you know, it's a good thing you decided not to have kids because you're not here to create. Oh my God. But I mean, there is a human design language and then there's also things that people shouldn't be saying to other people. <laughs> um, it, it was... I was enraged, but I'm a Sag sun and Sag rising, which means, well, now I've got to go disprove it, <laughs> right? My fire was started. I'm going to go disprove it. So I dove deep into it, read every book I could get on um, podcasts like this to learn more, found different mentors who's talked about it differently. And what I found was that the deeper I went, the deeper the truth got. I just needed a different language system for it. So I follow people who talk about like, I'm fine with hermit, honestly, but you know, it could be a wise woman instead. Um, and opportunist instead of opportunist, how about the connector or the co-creator? Exactly. That feels way better to me. And instead of being told, well, you're not here to create, I was told what 
innate wisdom I have because I have the undefined sacral and that I can like touch all possibilities. So I am exceptionally creative. I just need to be in the energetic presence of another for that creation to manifest into reality. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) So after experimenting it in my business for, I don't know, two, three years, I finally, well, COVID hit, right? (laughs) And my business tanked, right? I'm an accountant. And when people don't have money, one of the first people they don't pay is their accountant. Totally get it. 100% respect it, but it gave me this opportunity to say, what do I love about my business and what do I not love so much? And how do I amplify what I love and remove and excise what I don't? Well, the experiment of leaning into my own human design and what it had done for me and the casual conversations I'd had with a couple clients were really high on my list. And I now had time. So I did do go the route of getting certified in human design, but not by the traditional human design um, course certification mm-hmm. people, right? Because I didn't want the traditional stuff. I wanted somebody who was fully immersed in the, in the new language. So I worked with a woman named Tiffany Purdy. Brilliant. Um, and I'm now actually currently mentoring with uh, Chetan Parkin, who writes most of the well-known books on human design and was the first to break away from the traditional language. So I'm like, I'm, I'm bringing it all in now for me, for my clients. And what I've loved most about it is how much I've learned about my own strengths and weaknesses, right? There's nothing bad about human design. It doesn't tell me like anything I'm less than in any area. Nothing about it gives me an excuse not to show up. But when I get stuck, and this is the video in the post you were referencing, I was stuck. I needed a solution and I couldn't see it. Like, and I knew that I was struggling with it. And I have a friend who's a mental projector. So his head and Ajna are defined and mine are wide open. I don't have a single gate um, defined in, in either center. <laughs> so I reach out to him and I'm like, help, I need your head and Ajna. <laughs> And because we've talked so much human design, he totally understood. We, we hopped on a Zoom call. I told him what I, was, what I was dealing with. And within, I don't know, six, eight minutes, the solution occurred to me. And it was because I was now in the cycle of that energy. When I don't have it for myself, I can find it in somebody else. This is actually quite empowering because even if you have an open center, um, I know mm-hmm. I worked with a client just recently and she had an open throat and she said, do I have no voice? It just feels like if you don't have a color there, that there's nothing there, but it's, yeah. it doesn't work that way. And, mm-hmm. and what you just described, just being in, in presence and it works virtually 100% just the same way, being mm-hmm. in the presence with the person with that defined, um, or it's not that they give you the solution necessarily. No, no, he didn't give me the answer. I came up with the answer, but it was being connected to that energy. Like it, it connected the dots. It connected my circuitry in my body so that I could get the answer for myself. I just needed a, basically to get out of my comfort zone because my comfort zone is my exact design operating with just the frequencies that I have. <laughs> That's a great angle to see it. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you know we um, we we often find something like human design for me it was like oh permission to be you i now see so many people using this phrase even yep. though i it came to me to my mind i know for a fact i didn't see it somewhere i said this right. is a permission to be me yep. but i think that that's how a lot of people feel however what you just said is that sometimes that could be also your comfort zone that mm-hmm. means that you are just getting stuck in who you are and you're not seeing the potential and the wisdom. And this is one thing that I liked about the source, like Ra's um, Mm -hmm. um, angle. It was all about open centers and your wisdom. But I think that everything I read or heard from the beginning, I failed to understand how do you tap into the wisdom? Mm-hmm. exactly why you said because the language was off-putting the language was disempowering the language was sort of shocking you into into the system which i think that that's was that was ra's thing was to shock the world into the system but just like yourself i went high and low looking for different angles on the same um concepts because i just mm-hmm. couldn't understand and it annoyed me because i wanted to understand i wanted to know how to apply this i wanted yeah. to connect the dots and 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 the language is horrendous and yet you know with with this with the openness what i am and i'm on this bus especially this week for some reasons maybe because we have um, this podcast we, we had it scheduled and it's just yep. kept coming in and coming into me and it's all about the openness and it's all about using the openness as as superpowers you know and then mm-hmm. using your definitions as superpowers as well uh, maybe and now i'm going to ask you like human design expert question <laughs> can we go through the centers and sort of talk about which centers so if you for example have a defined center how would it make how would it help another person who has an openness in the same area sure love to share that for example I have a defined emotional center, right? For me, I'm here to own my emotional intelligence, right? To have all of the feelings. And for those of us with the defined emotional center, like it's the loudest center in the body. So it's like a thermostat turned on to high all the time, right? When I'm in the room, I become the emotional thermostat of that room. So I need to be very clear in who I am, what I'm feeling, and have the intelligence to respond accordingly to my emotions. My doing that actually gives everybody permission to do the same. So like when somebody is low, they don't need to use it as a whip, right? Just because you're sad doesn't mean you're depressed. Just because you're having a bad day and you woke up on the wrong side of it doesn't make you a bad person. If you got short with you, tempered with your kids, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent, right? We make all these emotions mean something about us, but in my presence, because I have learned to breathe so deeply into my emotions, acknowledge them and just accept them for what they are and not try to fix them or solve them. I bring your emotional equilibrium to a still point so that you can feel the purity of your emotions without all the judgment. That is so interesting. I am a, I am undefined emotion. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I think I'm completely open emotionally. And my ah, sister is defined. Impact. Yes. And my sister mm-hmm. is defined. Uh, she is an emotional generator and she is exactly what you, what you said is the thermostat is on. I think when she was younger, she wasn't controlling it. She has, she's so much better now. Now I feel very comfortable around her. <laughs> And sometimes she just goes into this, you know, spraying of emotion. 
<laughs> and I, I personally don't. I, I usually find that I'm kind of a, a, a flatliner generally. Mm-hmm. And, and she would be saying, don't take it personally. I'm just angry at the world. And, you know, she, and it sprays out. And, and it's very interesting for me how I used to amplify this. And I know now how, how I used to, you know, react to it and take it personally. And, and I just go into the depths of feeling bad about myself, mm-hmm. about everything else. And now as what you said, you know, I think that that's exactly what she is at this age doing is more understanding herself, understanding who she is, controlling herself and being, you know, responsible for her emotions as well. And it's just a completely different dynamics now when we're together. I actually really love connecting to my sister these days. Mm-hmm. What I love, my favorite phrase to share with my clients is be a filter, not a sponge, right? So in all the defined areas, which I have the throat, the emotional center, uh, the, the will center and the spleen, I'm transmitting to you, right? So in any of those areas that you don't have those centers defined, you're receiving whatever I'm transmitting. Now, if you're just being a sponge, if I'm not operating at my highest, best frequencies, then you're taking in that low vibration energy and it can drag you down. But regardless of what I'm transmitting, if you are a filter and you filter it through your strategy and your authority, and I'm going to add your truth and your purpose, then you raise anything I'm transmitting to exactly the frequency you need in service of your purpose. Like you're not a victim of my energy and I'm not a victim of yours. That was in my reading. That's what it sounded like that initial reading I got, right? Yes. Raw talks about the wisdom of the open centers, but it is a short little blurb compared to all of the massive amounts of talk about being your not self. That's right. Right. And independent to my core telling me I'm not me that I'm acting under the influence of somebody else, like part of that rage was from that. And absolutely, if I'm being a sponge, if I'm what I would say being on the student path, I'm, I'm still learning, I'm not at the master path yet, then yeah, I would be operating in, in like, I believe you said you were defined uh, yes. in your head Arajna, right? Yeah. So when we get off this call, I'm gonna be having all sorts of thoughts right? Because I'm picking up on this energy now. And what I need to do to be a filter, not a sponge is just to observe, oh, I'm thinking. I don't make it mean anything just because I had the thought that maybe the spark of inspiration doesn't mean it's mine. It literally could be, I'm just taking up something you put down. Wow. This is so interesting because I think that the biggest question with the open centers and mm-hmm. uh, my daughter is an, a mental projector and she's open from throat down no throat yeah. is defined and then and and I can see how she is definitely acting as a sponge and mm-hmm. the question is in the pra- practical application I think a lot of times we just don't know exactly how to distinguish between what's yours what's what's not yours mm-hmm. you mentioned an authority but maybe you have some practical advice how do you how do I distinguish that I am not a sponge right now Right. Did you say you were splenic? I am. Yeah. Right. So your authority being that splenic center, it is truly an embodied response, right? The splenic center is the fear center. It's the adrenal responses. And for you, I I think even in like our pre-conversation, you're like, Ooh, I've got goosebumps, right? You have a physical manifestation when something is for you. 
So it's getting to know what that response is, because I, I guarantee you, you also have a response if something is not for you and it will be different than the hairs raising, or it might be different hairs raising, like the back of your neck goes up when it's a no, but your arms go up when it's yes. Right. So both uh, splenic and sacral authorities, ask yourself a yes or no question. That's all you have to do. Right. That is, is this so for me? Right. And then you pay attention to your response. That's it. Like you guys have it easy. Then there's people like me. I'm an emotional authority. <laughs> so my decision-making process can be colored by my emotions, right? If I wake up in a fantastic mood, then anything that's presented to me is going to come off as amazing because I'm in the best mood ever. Here's the truth. So Ra like to say, there is no truth in the now. It's one of the most famous lines on all of human design. And I call bullshit. If you are truly present with your emotions, right? You're not letting them control you. Breathe deep into your solar plexus and know what you are truly feeling. Then there is only truth. So one of this very disempowering things that I learned from my initial reading, and actually it, it really took until maybe three months ago to get a new perspective on this. So it was years in the making was that I just have to wait one day, three days, five days to make any sort of decision because I can't trust myself. Also very disempowering. Yeah. But I started doing breath work. Also one of the gifts that came out of COVID. And the deeper I breathe into my solar plexus, the more blatant the truth rings out for me. So now if I'm in a quandary, I need to make that decision. Is this mine? I just have to breathe really deep. And then I know. You said your daughter. Thank you. You said your daughter is a mental projector. Yeah. Right. She needs to talk it out. Right. Not to me, not to you. It could be to a wall or a bird or just on her walk and, or through the waves. But the more she hears herself speak at one point in whatever she's saying, it will be like a clarion call comes out of her mouth. Like everything in her will like feel it highlighted, neon lights, truth. That's how she discovers if something is for her or not for her. That is amazing. Can I just go back a tiny bit sure. to the emotional? Because we mm -hmm. have a huge percentage of people with emotional authority mm -hmm. um, in the world. Isn't it 60% or some sort of like a big, huge percentage? Yeah, it's a very large don't... portion. And yet, they, if they follow and if they're newbies or just follow for a while, this whole thing about waiting, that's the biggest sort of storyline with the mm -hmm. emotional authority. Yep. And yet, funnily enough, even though I don't have emotional authority myself, I, I did a, a design chart for my business. And my business is an emotional generator, which is interesting. <laughs> um, maybe it a topic. A projector. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is so. And you know what? Uh, if, if, if you're watching this or listening to this and you're an expert and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, we're going to have a disclaimer here. All opinions here are of our own. And mm -hmm. if we download this information and we say this feels right for us that's 
it feels right for us. And it felt right for me, um, you know, so with, with that business chart, I started thinking about the emotional authority and a lot of my clients have emotional authority. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I actually felt somehow, maybe because I'm splenic, but I always felt that it's not the right strategy for these specific people to mm -hmm. be waiting, slipping on it, that they are ready when they were talking. They were ready for that decision. There was the truth speaking at that moment, mm -hmm. but they were so overconfused with, right. with the advice. And yeah. here is where what I'm learning about, you know, human design, and I think it applies to everything in the world. You know, you can't just take dogmatic mm, teaching of something. Mm -hmm. You have to find your own truth. Don't yep. be afraid. And what you just said, and thank you so much for sharing it with us, because this is one of those uh, examples where your own truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be written in the book somewhere or somebody else said that. It's just going to come from you. Yeah. And Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No. Newbies to human design and, and learning about their emotional authority, right? If they are not emotionally intelligent, then yeah, giving yourself space, sleeping on it, that's fine, right? But you don't have to wait until the question is asked by like you, hey, do you want to join my program, right? You don't need to wait for you to ask the question to check in with your emotional wave to see where you're at. How many challenges are going on right now on Facebook? Five-day challenges, we all know that at the end of the five days, there's going to be an offer. So why aren't we checking our wave on day one? Checking our wave on day two, checking our wave on day three. If this person presents an offer, how do I feel? Would I want to continue working with them? Right? That's like the simple way to do it, right? As you're in the beginning stages. Somebody you've never met before making an offer that you have, you have no relationship with them whatsoever, I do recommend sleeping on it until you are, don't feel like you're a newbie anymore, until you have really internalized being a filter, not a sponge, right? It gets to be evolution, right? We evolve from a student state to the master path. Exactly. Through repetition. So yes. it's just giving yourself time and not expecting instant results. And that's our human problem. <laughs> in general, whatever the design, we just want everything now, even if we don't yeah. have a defined root center, we just want everything now. We, do, we yeah. don't want to go through the process of learning and repetition, but yet it's, it's really, it's really true. And another thing that rings in my head when I'm thinking about your story about, you know, how you rejected your first reading and, and okay, we will put to aside the conversation about, you know, what a person, a particular specific person should have or no, shouldn't have said out loud <laughs> generally, because, you know, we're all humans and the way we interpret things are, is different as well. It's the same information mm -hmm. can be just laid out differently, but it's, um, and I forgot completely about what the point I was going to make. <laughs> this is called Julia Stapleton effect. For those people who follow me for a long time, they know, but it's, it's definitely going to come back. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. And it came back. And the reason why I said that it was we all have this story. And sometimes when we when we uh, meet something on, at, at a service level, whether we're going to accept it or, you know, be drawn to it for me, it was like, really, I, I got drawn into it, even though I didn't like the language. I was, mm -hmm. you know, something was drawing, drawing me into it sure. all the time. Uh, but some people like like you. And I know there's a lot of people said, yeah, I, I looked at I don't know. I didn't feel anything. 
human design is something that does take a while. It is an evolution. It is an experiment. And mm -hmm. it takes a much longer time than you just, you know, expect to actually start really getting what it can, the, the doors it can open within yourself. That's sort of my experience. Do you I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Interesting. Right? Human design teaches us that we need seven years to fully embrace our design. Everything in me rejects that, right? The human me says, I want what I want and I want it now, damn it. <laughs> if we go into it with uh, following somebody else's dogma, right? Like you said, step one, step two, step three, it absolutely can take seven years. If we go into it and we take baby steps following the rules and then we trust ourselves when we get that intuitive hit, that we need to be going over this way instead, we can actually short circuit that time. Yeah, I still think it takes years to really get like to fully embody where it's like tattooed on your bones, knowledge of human design. But if people just learn their strategy and authority and do nothing else, they are so far ahead of the game. It, it's mind blowing. The strategies were a place where I also felt very disempowered. Not mine so much because I'm a manifester. I get to inform and initiate. Go me, right? But when I was learning about projectors, wait for the invitation. Doesn't that like, what am I supposed to do? Sit on my hands? Twiddle my thumbs? <laughs> no, 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 no. So when I realized that any waiting that human design is asking you to do isn't about sitting stagnant. It's about becoming the person who can hold the container of whatever it is that you desire. Like, oh, oh. And this was the splenic response because like you, I have the defined spleen and everything in me said, oh, it's about taking aligned action. My new single steps that lead to an like avalanche of alignment. And it's about becoming the person who can have the thing. I love that. I, I'm a projector. I'm a spinning mm -hmm. projector. Um, when I read about waiting for the invitation, um, there was all, I actually also have a yes and no answer to that because it definitely has to do with big things in your life. So mm -hmm. I was growing up, my first, you know, the 27 years, the first sort of, um, what is it, Saturn does to us? For the, the Saturn first, return, yep. Yeah, exactly. All of it was about heartbreaking and, and looking for love from the age of three years old, literally. Mm -hmm. And I was falling in and out of love. I was looking for love. I didn't have really nice relationships with my dad to feel secure there. And it was all this, that was the topic of my struggles. I'm also three, mm -hmm. five, uh, I'm also one, three. So I have this three, like I, I test everything and it, and it was really, really hard until there was the only one time in my entire life I was invited in relationships uh, by my husband, current mm -hmm. husband. So I, it was the only time and that was the right thing to do. And, you know, it was the relationships that long lasting, we brought up a child together, we, we traveled together, everything we do yep. together. And that was a big invitation. However, in my in my everyday life, if I mm -hmm. wanted to achieve anything, I moved to Dublin in the year 2000 and I was a singer before and I, I, I had I knew no one and I needed to get into the scene and start 
to get to know somebody in the music scene and then, you know, find somebody and form a band. And I thought, okay, what's the easiest way? Jazz standards, you know, you don't need to learn mm -hmm. them. You don't need to rehearse them. You come in and jam with people. And I knew a couple. So I just came to a jazz gig and took a few mm -hmm. pictures and told people, would you like me to send you pictures? Give me your email address. I didn't even know I was a walking opt-in form, basically, for these people <laughs> who were giving me these emails to send them the photographs. And what do you do? Oh, I'm a jazz singer. I never just sang jazz in my life. I positioned myself. And so through that, you know, somebody said, oh, yeah, great. Would you want to do Fly Me to the Moon? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I heard that song once. <laughs> so, and somehow within three months, I'm, you know, constantly appearing as a, as a singer on other people's gigs. Then I'm six months later, I have my own paid gigs. Mm -hmm. And I'm a projector who is supposed to sit on my hands and wait for an invitation. And yet that was, you know, how, how I created that route. And that brought me to meet my husband, who is also in the music scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't believe that you, I think I believe in internal invitations. So what you said is about taking aligned, oh, aligned actions, inviting yourself, mm -hmm. feeling this. Yeah, we tend to think of the invitation as like, Juliet, would you like to X, Y, Z from me, right? You get the invitation from whatever you call your soul, your source, your connection to the divine, right? You, those are universal invitations. And it's only when you trust yourself that you can clearly hear them. It's so interesting. Actually, the word trust, my, mm -hmm. one of the questions I really wanted to chat to you about is how we, when we work with people, when we mm -hmm. are guiding people um, as coaches, for example, when we have a definition, how does it make our clients feel? And I know that because you are splenic and you're, you're, uh, your spleen is defined. So you can make the person feel that they can trust mm -hmm. whichever other things that we, you're working with people. And I was, just, I was just hoping that we could maybe talk about different centers and how they can, if you have that defined in your chart and you're working with clients, how can that, that make the client or influence the client, make them feel, what does it do? So then we can use that in our marketing messaging, right? Sure. It's funny because I, I think it's uh, two centers can generate trust and confidence. Okay. Spleen, absolutely. When I'm operating in my highest and best frequency, the people around me feel safe. They feel like being with me is very peaceful, calming, um, an oasis. That's the word I get most used most often. Ah, being with you is just like being in an oasis, right? Which is wonderful. Now, if I'm not acting in my highest and best, if I'm putting on airs or trying to project something that's not true to me, the people around me sense it and they fear, feel fearful. They feel anxiety and they don't know why. There's just like something about me that's rubbing them wrong, right? So it is always first about being true to ourselves, right? Okay. Everything in life, in my opinion, all of our gifts, all of our magic, our human design is for us first. And then it ripples out from there. The other, the other center that's really, I wish more people had it defined. Only 30% of the population has a defined will center. It's the, uh, the small triangle to the right of the um, monopole, also called the heart center, but it bugs me that it's called the heart center because it's not in the middle of the chest. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing first when you, yeah. yeah. Right? That's the center of self-worth. 
when you think about it, only 30% of the population has this defined transmitting energy. And yet I would say 99% of the population has a story about not being good enough or not being worthy or conversely being too much, right? It is so important for those of us that have it defined that we, we work on our subconscious stories, the ones that have held us back and made us think that we are anything less than cosmic glory. Because when we transmit that energy to people, they feel such confidence in our presence. They get this glimpse of their cosmic divine self, the fact that they are starlight, starlight taking human shape, right? Because that is the gift of the undefined will center is tattooed on bone knowledge of our self-worth. And boy, can the universe use more of that. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm getting goosebumps just as you speak. And actually, this is something I just had an aha moment in a way, because I mm -hmm. was thinking I, I, I really had a hookup and I, we spoke about it on this podcast already about, you know, being a sponge and not being a filter. And, and mm -hmm. how does this actually really works? And, and right now you just gave me the aha moments for, for me personally, mm -hmm. where how do I explain this whole thing with definition and how it works and openness and how it works and definition. That's exactly what you said. It's transmitting. So what mm -hmm. Whatever you are, whatever you are with your defined center, you still have a non-self talk, as they say, you know, you still have all these hookups if that's operating on the lower frequencies. But when you're finding your truth, you're mm -hmm. also, you need to be, become responsible because that is something that transmits to the world. So it's not, it's for you first to bring yourself up, yep. but then whether you like it or not, we all interact, even virtually, it still mm -hmm. works, as we were saying. Yep. And so it's kind of like taking this responsibility because this is exactly whatever is whatever hookups you have inside, you're going to transmit or whatever strengths you have inside in that center, you're going to transmit. Mm -hmm. And that's brilliant, you know, for us as coaches, just really working with with the definition that we have and really bringing ourselves first because it feels great too when you are in that higher frequency of of uh, of this energy but it's also being responsible when we're working with people and that's one of the practical advice that we're kind of coming up with you know just really study into your defined centers and see what you're actually bringing to the people and then go back to being a filter not a sponge for all the places that you receive right? Yes. Because the person you're receiving from might not have done that same work. So they may be transmitting right. low energy, but we are not victims to their energy. Like I cannot say this loud enough. We are not victims to our design, right? Everything in our design is a gift. It's funny. I get more clients coming to me that don't have the defined throat than nearly anything else. And so many people have gone down the human design rabbit hole. It's, it's becoming more popular, which I love. Um, I love that it's a system of self-remembrance, right? It's, mm -hmm. look, this is who I am designed to be at my highest and best frequency. And I, as the human, get to choose to step into that energy. That, you know, it's not a box that I get to like shove myself in and contort myself trying to make me fit. So the undefined throat, so many of them have been told that they're going to struggle with their marketing. They're going to struggle with their visibility because this is how we express ourselves. Now, of course, we use the language of speaking and talking, and that's true, but it is how we express ourselves. If you are a writer, it is coming through the throat. If you are a interpretive dance, right? 
that it's coming through your throat. So how do we empower people with a defined throat, right? I'm not going to be able to speak unless I'm in the presence of somebody. No, you will speak more clearly in the presence of somebody. (laughs) But here, I mean, I think you guys with the undefined throats have an edge over somebody like me when it comes to marketing and visibility, because you have the ability to craft your words, your expression to fit your audience, right? I speak on one dial one frequency and my people have to be tuned into that radio station to understand me. So I have a very, I mean, billions of people possibly, right? But I have a smaller group of people that will resonate with my expression. Undefined throats, you guys can go from talking to high powered, design wearing, influencing loving women, right? Who have the perfect picture lives on Facebook to talking to um, hippie chicky moms raising four kids that, you know, believe in homeschool. You can talk to both groups equally with as much passion and clarity. Like it's natural for you guys. I'm, I'm a little, like if I'm envious of anything, recognizing again that in my highest and best, I am perfectly designed for my purpose. It would be that. It would be like, I want to talk to everybody because I feel like I have something important that needs to be shared. So I've had to learn. I get to talk to people and they get to share with their people, right? So the undefined people get to put my truth into their own way of speaking or sharing or transmitting. And my ripples go out that way. I'm only going to talk to my small group of people on my radio station. I love that. I have a defined throat as well. And I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. And I know I meet people and they say, oh, I can talk to people from all walks of life. Um, My other sister said to me, why do you you not like hanging around with different people? Do you think you're above them? And I said, no, it's nothing to do with with that at all. But but I have to, there is this thing that I can only really talk to certain people and and the rest, I just get so drained. It's just such a wrong Thing mm-hmm. for me and, and 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 I feel like I repel like they're repelled by me so yeah. I try not to speak <laughs> and and it's so true I work with uh, this wonderful woman just now who has an undefined throat but she has the strongest voice and she is so influential when she speaks and mm-hmm. yes she can connect to completely anyone it doesn't matter because she doesn't she's not bound to this one song that yep. That we have and and this is the beauty of uh, trying to really understand where is the strength? Mm-hmm. Where is the gift? And not just blame yourself and say, oh, I have no voice. How can I? And she, she was the one who right. said to me, I have no voice. And we're like, no, 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 no. Oh, it's no. impossible because we, we saw you speak. <laughs> on video. Always, we know like it's impossible. And so what yep. you just said really, really resonated. And I love this. You know, we covered so many brilliant things here. And, uh, you know, not only, you know, the language of human design, just you can, you can, go past it. In fact, I sometimes say to people, you know, if you start reading um, some sort of human design uh, literature, and it applies in my gene keys as well, very confusing, too philosophical, too kind of out there. And there is no, like, how does it, how to just give me, tell me what to do, you know, how or not to do, just, just give me some practical applications. I always say, go and find people who 
sort of filtered it through maybe their own interpretation and you will mm-hmm. find someone out there and I think um, Shayna you are a brilliant person to actually you know use completely different wording but yet you are you are you're putting the message the original message in a way across mm-hmm. and then it makes sense then yep. you can go back to the original source you won't get upset with the with the wording because you're reading between the lines because you already understand the angle so it's not going to be so confusing yep. mm. if somebody wants to um we're going to just start wrapping up now. So I want to just, you know, I'm, I know that there's going to be a lot of followers from this podcast that will want more of your wisdom and more of your voice. And, and actually your voice, which I love hearing you speak, absolutely you. hooked up on it. So where can they find out more or follow you? What's the best place? Uh, prosperityfirst.com is my email or my website. Um, that talks about who I am, both as a human design practitioner and a business mentor. Uh, Instagram is Shana's world because I love to invite people into my world. Uh, they get to experience because the you can because I can because yes. you can yes. <laughs> I can. Um, and then I'm just I'm open to to you know finding me on Facebook. That's it's it's all good. Um, I I'm not great at social media to be honest. That's a place that I. See, I loved that you reach out to me because I said this year, um, I'm in my new solar year, right? Is going to be my year of visibility. I am going to show up more often. I am going to share my truth. I'm going to speak, express myself, and I'm going to be the purple haired tattooed accountant <laughs> that makes honey. Um, <laughs> this is and then you I- reach out. And you're like, I do visibility by design. And I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> they used to call me the queen of visibility. Who else will reach out to you when you put that intention? And as a manifester, you know, you can yep. put an intention out and initiate it. And here we are. And we're yep. recording this. And, you know, this is going to happen. But, you mm-hmm. know, visibility is, is absolutely brilliant. Even if you're not good at social media, even mm-hmm. if you're not good at social media, I want to just encourage people out there because a lot of people say I'm not good. You can make an intention and you can do you can just lean into things that really empower you share your wisdom go on podcasts you know this is i think it's this is a very uh, pleasant and enjoyable way of being visible you know this is one of the reasons i have a a podcast it helps me be visible and do it in a very easy going sort of lovely connection great energy lots of value shared so it ticks so many boxes and Uh, it's perfect for my two four profile right? Two, I'm the hermit. I love one-to-one conversations. Four, I really want to network with people and connect because that's how I grow. (laughs) And it's absolutely perfect. Exactly. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you about your honeys. And I know I am in Tallinn, Estonia, which is like the opposite side of the world, of the planet probably. But um, (laughs) I, I still want to, I want you just to give us a little bit because this is very interesting what you're doing. Thank you. Um, I did this beautiful meditation. Um, It was a self meditation and I saw what I would call my banquet of success, right? The, the food on the table, the people there celebrating and supporting me, the dance floor with, you know, and the music going, the, the hat check room that, you know, somebody was going to be getting a little wild in a little later in the night. I mean, like my banquet of success was this incredible experience for me. And I saw this jar of honey 
And as I looked at the jar of honey and thought, oh, I, I want to see that, it like flew to me. Huh. And I knew because I had downloaded that I will be creating my co- my coaching product, right? The next one is the banquet of success that I'd be making this honey for my clients. And it swirled with gold. It's like, oh, okay. Prosperity honey it is. So I'm a Reiki practitioner. I infuse my honey with intention, with Reiki, 24 karat gold. It is gorgeous. Oh my God. Look at that color. Isn't that stunning? That is amazing. Yeah. Um, can you feel the energy just off the bottle? Because I can. I do. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I'm. I. You can probably see I've got crystals all around me. I hold this jar almost more often than I do my crystals now. It's like I am interacting with that frequency of gold. Um, so I had my breathwork facilitator say, Shana, this is a brilliant idea. Please tell me you're going to be sharing this outside of your group, that you're not just going to make this for your clients. And I went, hmm, hmm, I could do that. Now, it was late at night. I wasn't sure how I was feeling. Didn't really want to go in and do breath work. So I decided I'd sleep on it. I promptly bought the URL, prosperityhoney.com. And then I was like, and I'll sleep on it. Because that you know, if I didn't want to do the breath work, that was my, that's my authority, right? Sleep on it. And I've done stupider things with $12. So it's like, if I was out the URL, no big deal. I couldn't sleep for two days. (laughs) So he and I had the conversation on Wednesday. By Saturday, the website was up for pre-orders, Manifestor, right? Brilliant. There's an example. Mm -hmm. Yep. So as of yesterday, all the orders that I've currently gotten have shipped and I've made my first thousand dollars on it. Brilliant. That is amazing. That is just amazing. There you go. Manifestors, listen to this. This is an example of how the idea comes in. You initiate it. Boom. You don't have to do it immediately, although maybe you will end up doing it immediately. Who knows? <laughs> but because, you know, we, we all have there these waves. But there you go. And there's a result. And it's profitable. It's <laughs> tangible results. It gets to be. And I'm going to do, if if you're willing, private message me your mailing address because I did three honeys. I've got prosperity, activation, and visibility. Ah, brilliant. This is So brilliant. they all hold the intention. They all have the gold. They're different flavors of honey. They're all organic, non-GMO. Like I went high-end. But I held different intentions, right? Prosperity to to open that receiver within. Activation to learn to connect up and in, right? And then visibility to feel safe speaking your truth. That is wonderful. That is wonderful and and such a brilliant offer. Thank you so much, Shana, for being my guest today. I thoroughly enjoyed literally every minute and and the value that you shared and everything. And I hope that maybe you will be back again uh, in another season of Visibility by Design. Guys, thank you so much for uh, listening and watching, whoever is watching us on YouTube or Facebook. Let us know what are your takeaways from this episode. If you want any links or anything we mentioned will be in the description or in the show notes to this episode and we will see you in the next one bye